Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yammer Yager, episode 68, season three of the Daily Intermission podcast. What up, everybody? It's Greg in studio. It's Justin in Thunder Bay. It's been a crazy week over here in Nova Scotia. How are you making out, my man? How you been doing? Unreal. Uh, just, I feel like I keep repeating it, but it, it hasn't ended. The weather is absolutely amazing. I golfed twice in the last three days. Shot a 89 yesterday. Okay. Um, which for me is okay. Yep. I, I usually like to be under 85, but it was my first time playing this one in, uh, I've played it twice in the last two years. So including last round. So a little bit unfamiliar. Got to get a feel for it, but had two birdies, which okay. for my, game, for my game isn't, uh, isn't necessarily the norm. I don't know yep. the last time I've had two birdies in a round. So that was pretty good. And, uh, yeah, the weather was unbelievable. I guess interesting thing here just might be interesting to some of the viewers. Obviously, I'm from I'm in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Uh, I was just texting about it in the chat with you and the Archman. And I teed off last night after work um, at 6 p.m. Or we got off, I guess, a little early at 5.40 p.m. But, uh, yeah, we don't have sunset until, like, 10 p.m. And then in July and August, it's 10.50 p.m., 10.45 p.m., we tee off for 18 holes as late as like 8 p.m. If, if you have an open course. But like usually, yeah, That's 5 45 p.m. to like 6.50 p.m., we, we let that thing go. And it's it's nice to be able to have 18 holes in uh, in the daylight after work. So That'd be so dangerous yeah. for me because I, I it's well known around my golf course, around my buddies. I have a few <laughs> beverages when I'm playing. I get a little loose. I have a couple. If I teed off at 8 o'clock in the evening, I, I mean, I'd be taxiing home every round. Monday, Wednesday nights, you're just, you can't help. Yeah, no, 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 that, no, it wouldn't be that far. It wouldn't be that far. It'd be the Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have any issues as far as anyway, we're not going to dive down that rabbit hole, but, uh, uh, no, I did want to give a, just kind of a serious, on a serious note, but, um, obviously thinking about everyone in Nova Scotia that's dealing with the wildfires in, in Halifax, um, I know that there was a, uh, a golf studio there that I've done a little bit of work with uh, Justin in the past called Hole 9, and they lost their entire two-bay trackman setup, all burned to the ground, their house. So uh, obviously thinking about everybody in, in Halifax and uh, and just even around Nova Scotia and, and even out west in western Canada, you know, it's been a really dry spring and, and even winter. And, and um, you know, you got to be very careful with, you know, how you're burning. And, and yeah, uh, you know, a gentleman, his fire got out of control, and now the entire... Uh, province is 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 feeling the effects, which is unfortunate. But uh, but thinking about everybody in Nova Scotia, and hopefully uh, you know we can get out of this uh, stronger. And it, they're banning fires for the month of June. It's just it's it's a shit show uh, out east here. Yeah, and even quickly, if I may, add, uh, the firefighters because I I got firefighter yeah. buddies and connections here that they hey the whole country that the firefighters in 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 Canada in the summers and even in the U.S. and all these places, but. Firefighters right now in Canada, man, they are all banded together. A lot of them are traveling long distances, leaving their families to to go help out with this. So big shout out to them because absolutely, uh, 
yeah, everyone's putting in the work for uh, for the firefighters for sure. Oh my gosh, uh, what a uh, you know what a job they do. Absolutely, we're thinking about everyone and hopefully stay safe and and uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, the firefighters. I mean, what a gig that is. A lot of them yeah. being volunteers. Well, a lot, a lot of them being volunteers. As well. Um, I did want to another give another shout out, Justin. So on the weekend, uh, my golf course hosts. So in Nova Scotia, all the top amateurs, there's kind of obviously the provincial championships, the big one. It's the four day event, but there's a few kind of two day events around the province that really mean a lot. And this one, they kind of it's it's recognized as the first major of the season for amateur golfers. It's at uh, my golf course. It's a long driveway, very treed, like kind of Magnolia Lane ish. And uh I mean, there's no resemblance to Augusta at all, but it feels like the Augusta of Nova Scotia. It's a really nice track. Anyway, so I caddied for Jason Thibodeau, a good friend of the show, um, and it was windy. The, the track was windy. It's a par 70 golf course. He shot 72 first day. We went out and shot 72 the second day. Ended yeah, up winning nice. by one. Plus four, won the event. So shout out to uh, to good buddy Jason Thibodeau of the show. Great work. It was fun to be on the bag. First win on the bag. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy go. about it. I'm happy about Come it. Come on now. You got to tell. Okay, tell us now, though. Is this a Michael Block performance for you two, or is this a, is this a Tiger shot? Like you guys going on a run this summer? How do you you guys must be feeling unreal? But come on now, how what's the summer looking like? It's it's a good question. I I think my services are done uh, in regard to caddying this summer. Um, I'll play in my club championship most likely later on in the summer. But yeah, I won't be get I won't be for hire. I mean, it was just kind of that one time. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can, I can spare the time, but no, it was good fun, man. It, it's fun caddying too. Like it, it's nerve wracking <laughs> yeah. because golf's a very nerve wracking sport, especially tournament golf. And, uh, you know, it was nice to not have the nerves on me. And obviously he's an incredible player. Short game, his wedge game was insane. Um, but no, shout out to Jason and big road trip coming up, Justin. I wanted to finish that off in the, uh, in the pregame show, man. I am about to go on a journey that I have never taken on before. And, and I'm really looking forward to it. No, and for sure, it looks like uh, sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Sounds like you cashed your uh, paycheck from the win, and you're you're hitting the road now. Which hey, why not, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's gonna be exciting. So I'm going to see some family members down in, in southern Maine. Just about uh, it's it's a beautiful beach area, very touristy area called Old Orchard Beach, and and a nice Don Ross Golf Course will be able to play. So I haven't seen them in about five years. Uh, kind of the COVID gap. I actually went every summer. Uh, until I was like 22 uh, to this beach in this area. A lot of my family down there. So I'm going to go see them and then drive up north to Quebec and then Montreal and then Toronto. So it's going to be an absolute heater of a road trip. I'll try to keep you guys posted on the Instagram stories. Maybe I'll check in every once in a while, but, uh, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good fun, man. And we're going to be posting lots of content and we're just going to be keep grinding away, man. So are you ready to get into things? It's been, I mean, it's been a wonderful week in sports as well. Uh, Winding down. It's sad because you know, obviously yeah. the content's yeah. coming to an end in the NBA and NHL, and, and it's been a wonderful playoffs, but, uh, you know, we've got both finals set, and we've got a lot to get into in the NHL and NBA in quarter one and quarter two here. Absolutely. Let's get into some NHL action. Come on. Just before we do in quarter one, folks, we got to give a shout out to Canada winning the gold medal overseas uh, at the World Championship. We talked about it last episode. It's not a huge event. It's not, uh, you know, a, a, it's not a ma- it's not massive for for North American countries. I mean, obviously the United States and yeah. Canada they 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 ice what they can in terms of who will commit to go over there after the long NHL season. But Latvia, dude. Latvia wow. wins the bronze medal. This is a team that's fighting for relegation. So listen to this stat, Justin, that I read. Latvia has 4,000 minor, uh, minor hockey players in their country. The yep. GTA in Toronto, 50,000. Yeah. Think about that. 
<laughs> just in Toronto, there's 50,000 kids playing minor hockey in Latvia. The entire country, 4,000. Latvia wins bronze. The country goes wild. They made the Monday a holiday after they won on Sunday. Pretty cool, man. <laughs> pretty cool for that. Uh, pretty cool for that country. It's the biggest deal ever. So I have a teammate of mine who's uh, who's Latvian. He's from Latvia. Come He's on. He's come to the U.S. to play. So he was at a lot of their games, start to finish from the tournament. And he was going absolutely berserk, like as the whole country was. This was the real deal. And and just like Finland, we saw Finland win it last year. And, and I'm not sure if it, I think it was in Finland as well. Um, man, th- that country and the fans, it, this is a huge tournament for Europe. And they show out for it. This is the real deal. Uh, it's the world championship. It's, I think the disconnect obviously for the Canada U S is just, we know we don't send our absolute best where a lot of these guys, um, have played together despite obviously not having a couple NHLers. These are pro professional players within their uh, home countries at the top leagues that have played together for a long time and have a lot of chemistry and different things that these Canadian American teams don't regardless. Latvia bronze is absolutely crazy. Uh, um, Amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's monumental for hockey in that country. A hundred percent. And probably one of the most, uh, the least talked about thing is going to be Germany getting silver. Cause obviously yeah. that it's not, it wasn't a home country story. Yeah. And obviously Latvia is a bigger, uh, underdog per se than, than Germany was, but this German Germany is sneaky, sneaky making their mark on hockey here with dry saddle, Stutzel, silver medal at the world championship. That JJ like, Paterka kid. Yeah, was, was awesome, man. He's he's Buffalo, is he not? Yeah, yes, yes he, he is. is. Yes, and then most most ciders German, if I'm not mistaken, as well. I mean, great ciders German. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, no, they got pieces, man. They've for got real. like yeah, they're starting to engineer German engineering. German engineering, absolutely, absolutely. We got some uh, hockey players around the corner for sure coming out of Germany. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it was awesome to see Canada pull it off. Obviously, like. Uh, that's the standard for us. It, it's yes, really exactly. They're robust, right? Hundred percent. That's that's where they're at. The fifth in the last eight seasons for Canada. But you said you hit the head nail right on the head. If they don't win gold, we're kind of like, what a joke. Hundred <laughs> percent. In every in every international hockey event, yep. that's what it is. It's yep. gold or bust. But they got it done. And uh, obviously, I'm able to say to my uh, Latvian teammate here, uh, we beat them with our seventh seventh squad. So <laughs> yeah. that's that's <laughs> that may not that that might have been like our W W team. <laughs> yeah. Um, Literally. Wasn't, but, yeah, anyway. Yeah, regardless, obviously, congrats to the Canadians. Congrats to Germany, Latvia. Um, still entertaining hockey, regardless. So Definitely. nice to tune into those this weekend. Definitely. It was nice for uh, Adam Fantilli, hey, to uh, to get a yeah. little, get in the mix there. He won a gold medal at the World Juniors, now gold medal at the World Championships. Now he's poised to go number two. I think Leo Carlson is actually, he lit it up for Sweden as well. So those two guys, yeah. I, I don't think you can miss uh, if you're Columbus or Anaheim. Like both of those guys look really good. Agreed. I don't think there's much room to move for Fantilli. Obviously, he's not going to pass Bedard, but regardless, he locked himself into top three. But more than that, I think he just, it's another step in, in mental and physical preparation to being able to step in right away and make an impact. So um, we talk about Bedard a ton, but I think this top three, like we're looking at very like, good players David, Eichel, et cetera, like yeah. big impacts outside just the number one pick. So that's exciting, obviously, for the, for uh, this draft coming up. Absolutely. Um, just a couple news outside of the uh, outside of the um, series going on right now, and the Stanley Cup final obviously set in stone. But the uh, Washington Capitals announced today uh, that they have hired Spencer Carberry, a, an assistant coach, former assistant for Sheldon Keefe in Toronto, to a four year deal. Um, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know. I didn't know much about Spencer Carberry. I didn't really know he was in the running to be a head coach in the NHL. And you know, congratulations to him. Obviously, we know the Capitals moved on from Peter Laviolette, who will be all rumors directed heading to New York. Uh, but do you know much about Spencer, Justin? 
I, I read the article on the hire and um, some interesting points here, I guess, to note. Um, head of the the head of the least power play, which was second best in his two years there. So that's obviously a really good perk for Capitals. Whether you have Ovechkin <laughs> still and finding success with him, yep. or when the next step comes, if this is a, they signed him for four years, so yep. there's a really good chance he's the first coach to coach Washington without Ovechkin since Ovechkin was drafted. Yep. So that's obviously something you're going to want to have as a guy who's successful in the power play uh, coaching. Also, he was the head coach of the Hershey Bears, the AHL team before the lease, which is the affiliate to the Capitals. So this is also a guy just like um, Bednar in Avalanche who has worked with and seen a lot of the prospects in this Capitals organization. And that could pay massive dividends. Again, in this post-Oveshkin era, it might not be as big of a drop-off or a full rebuild if you have the pieces in place where – Hey, when Ovechkin's getting ushered out, we have a coach right now who's already worked with these guys, and we could kind of like they could maybe exceed expectations in a way if they're in an environment of success. So, he played in the East Coast, uh, East Coast Hockey League was the highest he played. He coached there as assistant and long career uh, in coaching, working his way up, which I, I think's a perk. And again, the biggest thing for me, it's a new head coach. It's not Gerard Gallant again. It's not the rehires we've seen. Like again, Gallant's a good coach. Nothing against that. It was more saying. It's not the carousel that we just see these same guys that are on their 12th team now. I kind of like this hire being a new face. No, absolutely. I uh, I like it. It's going to be exciting to see you know if the Capitals can kind of retool and get back in the mix. Um, but uh, obviously, too, the National Predators have hired Andrew Burnett. It was a matter of time before this guy uh, got a bench boss role. Obviously, we know he won the President's Trophy with the Florida Panthers, spent this season alongside Lindy Ruff with the New Jersey Devils, and, and finally, he's going to get uh, another opportunity, it sounds like, for a little longer term behind the bench for the National Predators. I really like this hire, man. I think uh, I think he probably helped out a lot of the New Jersey Devils success this year, and that's something I'm circling, and I'm going to remind, yeah. I'm going to loop back here and remind uh, us come fall is, if this New Jersey Devils team slows down a little bit or doesn't you know perform like they did this year, it's like, well, how much you know how much do we put on Burnett? You know, yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I was gonna kind of go a different way, but I think you kind of swayed me. But I was gonna say I'm a little indifferent because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, he took over a team that was for the most part in in my eyes it was uh, Quenville's team and systems yep. and coaching, etc. So I was a little bit indifferent. Obviously, they didn't have success in the playoffs, but. You know what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the assistant coach role, I think it was underrated. I mean, obviously, he had a major impact on the Florida Panthers that year, regardless of head coach or assistant. Oh, yeah. Because he was there. And like you said, the development um, of the New Jersey New Jersey Devils. Yeah, yeah you know what? I, you're right. I'm, I would like, I'm very interested and intrigued. Barry Trotz in Nashville, and yep. now Burnett gets his own team finally. You know what I mean? Because yep. even as an interim and get and take the team the whole way, didn't feel like his own team. So I'm very interested to see what Nashville Predators are doing moving forward. Cause I, yeah, uh, you know what? You, you, you're right. I think sneaky good uh, uh, steps moving forward for this Predators organization. Definitely. Definitely at the uh, management level. Uh, they definitely have some key pieces. And we know, we know how, how good Soros is. He's kind of in that top five goaltending in the league. And, and with, you know, one of the top three defensemen in the league, it's just kind of a matter of, it's been a bit of a shit show uh, to be completely honest, uh, up front for them. With injuries yeah. and just, you know, kind of bad contracts. So we'll see what happens with the Nashville Predators moving on. But let's refocus, regather, and get things back on track in the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, we know last episode we talked about the Florida Panthers moving on in a sweeping fashion over the Carolina Hurricanes. And we still had a series to uh, to to, um, to conclude. We had the Vegas Golden Knights, Dallas Stars. 
And Dallas, they, they got right back into this thing. They won two games uh, without their captain, Jamie Benn, who was suspended. But game six rolls around in Dallas. I expected a much better effort of the Dallas Stars. The Vegas Golden Knights, they completely dismantled them. 6 nothing, man. And it was right off the get-go, too. A blink of an eye, they're up one nothing. And uh, I, I we'll talk about Bruce Cassidy's quotes, actually, before game six. Talking about, he, it was the most... Ricochet shot off the Arizona Coyotes I've ever heard in my entire life. He's yeah. like, 24 giveaways. You're not going to win against the Arizona Coyotes in January with 24 giveaways. Just taking Ricochet shots for Bruce Cassidy. But Vegas is moving on, and we now have our Stanley Cup set. Florida yeah. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, so, yeah, so unfortunate, obviously, to come out and and end your season a 6 nothing loss. But I'm not going to focus as much on Dallas as Vegas came out and put the nail in the coffin Oh yeah, on the road and said, hey, we don't want to play another game. I just want to bring up uh, two guys real quick before we move on because obviously we're going to get into finals preview. But um, first one is Joe Pavelski. What a career. Yes. Um, Would have loved to see him win the cup. He's got over 1,000 points in his career. Phenomenal leader. I saw a video uh, from when he was on San Jose uh, giving a speech. They said uh, um, he must be given one of these to the Dallas Stars as the, as they won two straight games. And, like, just a guy who's came so close so many times, and you just wish he could have got a Stanley Cup, obviously, uh, here again, but um, with the Dallas Stars. And then the other one's Rope Hints. What a playoffs from him. Maybe one of the quietest uh, uh, playoff performances we've seen, obviously, being in Dallas, but uh, 10 goals, second most, 14 assists, the most, 24 points, the most in the playoffs. He absolutely showed up and showed out and honestly made me more convinced that this Dallas Stars team is primed to be better in the future than I like the vibe around the Dallas Stars thing in the media and the fan bases. Jamie Ben, old Sagan, old Suter, old man, Rope hints. Uh, uh, Robertson, um, Wyatt Johnson, Ottinger, Heiskanen, man, this might be like the beginning peak of the, like people are worried about the LA Kings having Kopitar Doughty, but really being young outside of that. I think this Dallas Stars team might be a wagon in the next five years. I don't know about cup because obviously there's a lot more pieces that need to be made, but they are primed to be a playoff team for a while here in my eyes. Let's not forget about this guy who absolutely lit it up at the World Juniors. He's playing right now in the Memorial Cup. Logan Stankhoven is a is a Dallas star as well. I mean, he played with wow. Bedard a lot of the tournament at the World Juniors. He was an incredible player, a little undersized, but he's got some jump in his game. So, uh, yeah, they're in good shape. I mean, uh, I think uh, Tyler Sagan's got four more years at 9.5, yeah. which is going to be Ooh. interesting to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then true, uh, true. Jamie Ben's got... An iffy contract as well, but um, no, man, they're, I mean, they're in good shape in terms of their prospects. They've drafted really well, yeah. and and um, I know people were kind of jumping on the back of Mason Marchment, saying that that was a terrible signing. I liked his game at some points during the playoffs, yeah. uh, but uh, I mean, let's talk about it. We have the most, I mean, I'm not sure anybody would have predicted this, but we've got the Florida Panthers taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, and I mean, two coaches that have I mean, Paul Maurice has been around the block, man. He got hired in Carolina when he was 29 years old. Like, he's been coaching for so long. And you got Bruce Cassidy, who's kind of new on the scene, but, you know, obviously had some success with the Bruins loss in the 2019 final. And, and, uh, I mean, I mean, was Maurice the, was he the head coach of that, that Carolina Cup team? I don't think. I think he was just, uh, no, no. Yeah. yeah, No, I think you're right. But either way, the experience you're you're saying is, 
um, unbelievable. Yeah. And you know what? It, it was an interesting vibe for Paul Maurice uh, after the season. And when he parted ways with Winnipeg, because it was that Winnipeg always kind of was great in the regular season and always fell short or failed to a degree. Um, and there's that dry kind of feeling around the Jets and what they could do. And then he stepped away and it wasn't a firing, but it was a step away kind yeah. of weird thing going on. Then he signed in Florida and that was pretty quiet because they weren't a wagon all year and all that. And now all of a sudden he's got these guys peaking at the right time. And again, just showing his experience in the sense of like, you don't have to be good in middle of October, November, you got to be peaking at the right time. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was his plan to get into the playoffs this way. No. But nonetheless, he's proven that um, he's one of the top coaches in the league right now. And that that kind of the TSN turning point there. Remember they are playing the Leafs late in the season and, and um, uh, Matthew Kachuk's father, Keith, went onto the radio and he said, you know, the Panthers yeah. are soft and, and uh, they don't play yeah. like his brother Brady and things of that nature. And then they took a, they challenged the goal and Maurice lost it at the team. He blew a fuse and a half and really they've, they haven't looked back. They've played a much better, they've, been played, they've played a much better game and I'm sure they took that to heart, but I mean, who do you like in this series? I mean, obviously, the goaltending duo favors the Florida Panthers. The one yeah, thing that's sure. looming over this series for me, I think D-Core, you lean Vegas, uh, and then forward groups, I mean, I think they both have great uh, great assets up front, but I would lean Vegas as well in regards to depth. Um, but Florida's been almost, they're going to be almost off two weeks when they st- when they drop the puck on Saturday. What does that do for a guy like Bobrovsky's vibes? What does that do like for that team that hasn't been going to war for a few weeks? Um, I'm leaning Vegas. I'm going to be completely honest with you, Justin. Um, I'm leaning Vegas in this series, but I want to hear, uh, I want to hear your thoughts, your initial thoughts on this series. So first thing first with the, the rest, um, in my experience and, and how I feel is rest for goaltending is absolutely massive, especially for a guy like Bobrovsky, who's played a ton of time. I'm not sure if you saw the, uh, the, uh, thing posted there on Twitter or, or, or whatever it was. He lost 25 pounds yeah. in that four overtime game, and he loses 15 pounds every game, which is actually That's pretty outrageous. common. That's outrageous. Yeah, it's common for a lot of hockey players to lose 10 to 15 pounds because of it's basically of sweat Water. and sugar and all that. Yeah. But 25 pounds is absolutely like that's a, so much more on your body than you could even imagine. So I think the rest for him is massive. My my question is the rest for the rest of the team is obviously good, but mentally, this is a team that's been on a roll and a streak since the before playoffs. That's kind of what they've been riding. Now we're really going to see, is this team this good, and are they this legit, or has it been a streak and a run? Basically, is how quick can they answer in game one and two? Because if, if Vegas comes in here and steamrolls them in game one, you're kind of losing that mental confidence and headspace that 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 the Panthers been rolling with. Do you, do you agree? I agree, man. And I think about too, like think about like living in Florida, and yeah. and having all that time off. I mean, beach, golf. I mean, you name it. Really, uh, you know, driving around in nice cars. I mean, I just don't know. I hope they took it serious. I mean, obviously they took it seriously, but um, yeah. I do think that that break might might be a disadvantage. Um, you know, and and I. Vegas, man, they're a dangerous team. They've been here before. This is their their second final, what, in six years? And and uh, the Panthers yeah. haven't been here since '96. Not that uh, you know any of that matters, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm leading. I, I'm going to come out and say this. I like the Vegas Golden Knights in six in this one. I'm taking okay. the. I'm taking Vegas in six. 
Okay, Vegas in six. My man, this is tough. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the the Panthers, and I'm going with them in seven. I think it goes seven. I know it's not common for Cup finals to go seven. I really see this one going seven. Um, my X factor for Vegas lies in Petriangelo, Theodore, and Martinez. It's yep. three guys, but th- th- the point of it is that's the leader of the decor for Vegas. They need to be as elite as they have been in front of Hill the rest of the way for the Panthers uh, versus the Panthers. They cannot leave Hill out to dry. Even if it's Thompson, I know he's been skating, whatever it is, this goaltending is the mismatch. But they've negated it by being absolutely phenomenal at, uh, at negating great chances and a high volume of high high end chances. If that, if they can't contain this Panthers team, and if they can't penalty kill well against this Panthers team, who's their power play has been hot, this is going to be a quick series, just like we've seen the Panthers do. So for me, it's on the defense of Vegas. I think the defense for Vegas, if they give the Panthers what they want, and that's going to be they're going to dump it in trap you to a degree, and then go on transition. If they get odd man chances on transition, uh, or they burn you and you take a penalty uh, and different things like that and PK, if they get those things right like they have been lately, this is going to be, for me, Panthers quicker than I think. I'm going Panthers in seven because, man, the Vegas D has been that impressive. I just don't see it falling off. It's about how well can they do it. It's going to be exciting. I think uh, regardless of, you know, how these teams played out in the regular season, well, we know how Vegas is the number one seed out in the West, but, um, you know, I think it's going to be exciting. There's a lot of compelling cases, a lot of compelling players on these both of these teams, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Let's move into quarter two because we do have the NBA now set in stone, uh, the championship that is, but let's first start off with Bob Myers, uh, executive for the uh, for the Golden State Warriors, stepping away. I mean, we know what he's done. He's really been uh, a catalyst for this team, winning four rings. Uh, you know, designing this team, and and um, you know he's stepping away, which is surprising. But they had a tough year, man. And um, yeah. you know, from what we saw, does it does it feel like it's the kind of the end of the dynasty for the Golden State Warriors? It feels that way. Um, but uh, you know, how are you feeling about Bob Myers? I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to go down as 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 one of the greats in recent history. Hundred percent. I mean, it's kind of odd. I, I mean, I want to know a lot more about what this parting ways is to give a full analysis. I mean, I I think it's I think it's the end of the dynasty. I mean, I think that was kind of already in the cards. Yeah. I almost wonder if he doesn't want to GM a rebuild. Maybe that's a little bit of a case, and he's yeah. going to go to more of a team that um, is kind of saying to themselves, "Hey, we need a guy who's ready to take this team that was uh, a low playoff seed to a contender." So maybe it's something like that, but. Either way, yeah, this guy's resume is absolutely stacked here in Golden State. Is I mean, do you think there's any way that they move on from a Curry or Draymond at the end of their career, or is it or in Clay, or is this going to be something where they just ride these guys till they retire out of respect and what have you, and we're just going to see the slow demise, I guess, of Golden State? Not even demise, but the slow decline. I, for some reason, I feel like Draymond Green would be the guy out of the three of them just to kind of go to another team. Um, man, like I'm, he just he causes a lot of ruckus uh, outside and inside the locker room, punching Jordan Poole in the face earlier. And he, they talked about yeah. how they verbalized yeah. that, uh, you know, how that uh, took away from some of the chemistry in the team through the through the late run. But um, I, I feel as if Clay and 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 Steph are pretty. If they don't want to move, they can be Warriors for life. Um, I, I, it's interesting though. I mean, I, I think like you would try to want to s- surround these guys with 
another shot at it, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, if you can kind of get a nice big in there and, and another guy who can complement those two, I think, you know, you might be like Jordan Poole's a really nice player. He might be out on a, on yeah. a deal, you know, this summer, but um, yeah, we'll see, man. Um, I, I'm not sure how many more goes do you think they get? How many more, like say next say next year they kind of go all in, kind of like they've been doing lately. Like they have good pieces, they make yep. playoffs. Like Draymond's over thirty now, and, and say next year they lose in the conference final in Game Six. Say they make it a conference final, they show again that they're a great unit, great core. The next year after that, now like how many times do you think they they get to go at at the management saying we're going to put the pieces to to go all in here? What do you think? Like, I, I think realistically, like two or three more, maybe four, two, two or three. I, yeah, I can see two. I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean, how, at what point does going all in um, severely jeopardize your future when yep. when the when the cards are in front of you that this isn't gonna win the NBA title anymore? Yeah, and That's, I think you know they, what I mean. Like, they got a taste of it this year too. They got a taste of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. losing to that Lakers yeah. team who really w- weren't that strong in six games exactly. and not being able to win on the road all season long. Uh, I think you kind of, the writing's on the wall there that we got to change a little bit up here. Um, if not go full on scorched earth and just send everyone around. But uh, Nick Nurse hired in Philadelphia. This yeah. is a really interesting signing. I mean, obviously Doc Rivers, longtime coach there. And, um, you know, from what I understand, like a renowned coach, I mean, he hasn't really, you know, been being able to get it done outside of the Celtics in 2008, but um, well-respected coach. And now they bring in a guy like Nick nurse who won a championship in 2019 with the Toronto Raptors. And seems like he knows, uh, he knows what he's doing. So it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see. Cause they, I mean, look at that team. And we, we thought that this could be the year you did certainly that this could team yeah. could go deeper than they did. And with Joel Embiid coming back, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias uh, Harris. I mean, it could be scary again, and, and Nick Nurse might be a nice voice for this team. Yeah, I mean, I think Nick Nurse has proven, obviously, I mean, how much credit you want to give him. That team was absolutely loaded in Toronto, but yeah. that he could that he could lead a superstar group of players or, or high-end players to bring it together to win a championship. I'm a Raptors fan, and I hate to say this as well, but a lot of injuries went our way in that playoff run. Joel Embiid was sick and had an injury, and we beat him in seven. Giannis was full-out hurt and then played a little bit through it, but he was full-out injured in that series. And then KD tears his ACL. Like, again, I'm not taking anything away. I'm a Raptors fan. That's a ring that it is 100%. I'm just saying, like, I worry for the 76ers that this is a hire that's a good hire, but it's not as much of the coaching as it's the player situation. I really thought that this roster was in a spot to win. And the big reason why was Harden's been in these playoffs for so long. And Embiid's gone in a number of playoffs as well. How much like how much of the coach do they need to get through this? Like, I don't know. Maybe, again, maybe the adjustments and stuff are something I'm undermining. But I just, like, what does Embiid need to be told and Harden to them, for them to, to win a game seven? Yeah, I don't know, and it's a good question. It's uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, when, if you get there, it comes down to the guys being a dog. You know, who wants it more? And it's kind of, you know, it leads into the Celtics series. Um, you know, what the heck happened last night in Game yeah. Seven? Uh, obviously, we've got the Denver Nuggets waiting on the winner of the the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics going to Game Seven. 
Can't get it done at home. All the stars are out. You got Paul Pierce in the building, Ray Allen, all the boys, Jack yeah. Harlow's in the building. Man, I, I could not believe it, man. It felt like they were jacking shots, just low percentage shots for a lot of the first half, man. And, and uh, they fell behind. And, I mean, you, you got to give it to Jimmy Butler. Guaranteed it. They did win. They got a big road win. And they it wasn't really that scary of a win. Like, they pretty much had a stranglehold over that game from the yep. end of the first quarter on. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, how do you, so you're a Celtics fan. Yeah, for sure. Right. So I got to ask right at the top here, like when you watch that game seven, yep. was there, was there any point of view where, was there any moment where you're like, this thing's over? Cause even myself as a non Celtics fan down 10 going into the fourth, I didn't feel like, I felt that the Celtics were primed for a run possibly. I kind of felt like they're kind of situated in a spot. They've been so many times and have pulled out the win. Yeah, down 15. I mean, down 10, you know, going into the fourth, right? Down 15, going into the half. I mean, you don't feel like it's over, but you got to feel like they've got to elevate now, right? You've got to outscore yeah. this team by 10 to at least tie to extend this game to overtime in the quarter. And I just, I didn't feel the momentum really swinging at all, um, you yeah. know? And, and uh, yeah, I, did, I just didn't see enough from the big guns. And, and um, it's unfortunate, man. It really is. Uh, I was a little bummed out, but you got to give credit to the Heat, man. Caleb Martin. Wow. What a beast, oh man. Incredible performance. And it wasn't the Jimmy Butler show. Obviously, Jimmy no. played incredible, but it was the supporting cast. This, this Struess, uh, Max Struess played unbelievable, and then Caleb Martin, and it just... I mean, it goes down from there. I mean, it, they they came to play, and they uh, they earned it, man. They won that game, and, and you know, the Celtics are in trouble moving forward, and the Heat booked their ticket to, uh, to play Denver, which I'm going to just come out and say this. I don't think it's going to be a long series. Yeah. Um, just quickly with, with the... To close out that one. Yeah, I mean, even you could look back at game six for the Celtics, man. I'm not really sure that that they should have won that game. Duncan Robinson had two wide open threes to make that a seven-point game instead of the one-point game it was. Yeah. Um, also, we have to mention it. Jason Tatum rolled that ankle yes, super early. Yep. That's a massive factor. Like yep. he, he was not himself, and he is that team, especially in a game seven. 100%. So honestly, this leads into my next question and where you were going. You just came back from down 0-3 to go in the conference finals. Let's be honest. You were down 10 going to the fourth with Tatum basically on one leg. Like, he was not even close to himself. You're saying, as a Celtics fan, this team's in a, in a tough spot. Like, I want to know your opinion first. Like, you got Jalen Brown, I think's up for a contract, and they're talking about a Supermax, whatever it is. So it's big money, big commitment. And obviously Tatum's... Debate. I think he's the number one guy for sure there, but obviously that's whatever situation. You got Marcus Smart, who that those three have been the conversation through this playoffs. They're the three-headed monster. Where's your head up for the Celtics moving forward here? It might be a hot take, man, uh, but to pay Jalen Brown the money that he's going to be eligible for, I think it's close to $300 million over. It's insane because he was an All-NBA yeah. guy or a second-team yeah. All-NBA. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I would like a a serviceable star point guard, and I know that that's hard. That's hard to request, yeah, but a real guy who can handle the ball, distribute the ball, because that's what it seemed like they wanted to do. Was everyone was just kind of parked outside, and they needed a guy to distribute, find the open guy. And, and I mean, I know Marcus Smart, you know, is okay, you know, did okay, but I don't think he's a true point guard. Um, 
Jalen Brown to me, everyone's saying that he can go be a star on another team. He can go be the number one. Then I would let him go be the number one and allocate those funds elsewhere and see what you can bring in for Jalen Brown. I love Jalen Brown. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that he is the end all be all. Like, I don't think that he's a guy that you're going to have to break the bank on and and really be upset. So, that being said, you have to replace that with with at least a serviceable player that can score and 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 and, and you know be a be a, a big contributor when Jason Tatum's having slow nights, uh, which which happens. But um, so I'm pulling it up here. I I want to I want to see because I want to dive into this. There's a lot of Boston fans who want to know. So okay, I I, I want to know. So what I'm kind of feeling is you, your emphasis is on point guard. You feel like possibly you have to move Jalen Brown to do that. I have a question for you. You say service a point guard. Yeah. If you moved on from Marcus Smart, you paid Jalen Brown and you kept Tatum, obviously. Are we both in agreement? You keep Tatum, for, first of all. Oh, yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah, yes. So, yes. So, yeah. So, uh, Jalen Brown is 26 and he's an all NBA player. I don't, I think Boston fans are obviously in a very reactive mood right now. So, that's fair. I get it. But you have an all NBA player who's been to the finals or conference finals who's 26 years old. That is a massive asset that anybody would normally want. If they went out and got a guy like Dennis Schroeder, say, on a lower deal, he's not looking for a max or anything like that, and you moved on from smart, do you feel like the team's better or worse? Worse. Way worse. What about a guy like D'Angelo Russell? Because now there's another guy who went to the conference finals. Worse. No, Marcus Smart is a hound. I agree. I agree. What about Fred Van Vliet? Yeah, it's... That's a good question. Now you start to kind of think, okay, what's this puzzle start to look like? I want to keep Marcus Smart. So now, and you know why that's fair? And I know everyone's reactive right now. We're not the only ones. You're not the only Your team finished top two in the East, back-to-back years, and your core is under 27 years old. Yeah. I know they haven't won, but what I'm saying to you is, they're getting the there. Expectation, the expectation in Boston is so high for all their sports, which is so they won forever. Yeah. And yes, you went to the finals last year. So yeah, you didn't win the finals this year. I get that. You didn't get there. So it's a it's a it's a step down. I understand the situation. But you have You're knocking whatever, on the door. You're knocking on the door. Else, and and you know what? I listened to an interview by Mike Malone today. He was talking about, and you know what he said? They lost in the last three playoffs. They went to the conference finals uh twice, I think, and they said Every single year, he could see that you you win by losing. So he was saying how their losses each year had made them that much better year and year and year. Yeah. But if you blow this thing up and get rid of what's worked so well when yeah. they're young, how you like? I don't know how you. I don't know what you could really add to get better than this team. I can understand maybe a Horford something like that. You get a more modern. Uh, uh, maybe more uh, mobile guy, kind of something like different on those pieces. Yeah, I just don't see how you move those three and get better. Yeah, no, I I can appreciate that, and I think that it's just kind of the panic of being a sports fan and thinking like, oh my gosh, it's back to back years they can't get it done. This Fair. this isn't good enough to get it done. And you're right. I mean, every team in the NBA is looking around, going, we would love to have any of those guys. We'd love to. We would trade our seasons for those seasons. Yeah. Um, it's a great point, but uh, let's move into the finals here because it's the Miami Heat. They're taking on the Denver Nuggets. I think this is going to be a really quick series. I think it's the Denver Nuggets and obviously the long layoff, but it, it feels like it's their year. And I know that we've just watched a bit of a gong show in the Eastern Conference. We've seen this beautiful run by the Miami Heat. 
But man, I don't think I don't think they've dealt with the Nuggets team yet. And this Nuggets team is they're poised, they're hungry, they've got the best player in the NBA. And you've talked about it all year, Justin. I don't know if you're gonna change it up, but do you see the Nuggets winning this series? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um yeah. I've been on the Nuggets uh the whole way. Yeah. Um I I I absolutely got a little bit excited about the the narrative of uh LeBron and the Lakers for, yep. for two days. Yep. But realistically and honestly, yeah, we talked about it my my first episode here. Um, three months ago, two months ago, whatever it was like yep. this team being in the West was severely overlooked. Yeah. Nikolai Jokic winning MVP the last two years, um, made him overlooked this year because of the fatigue, which is fair. I get it. Jamal Murray tearing his ACL in previous years made him overlooked. Aaron Gordon going to a team like honestly, just the nuggets being the nuggets made them very, very underrated when, like I said, from Christmas, they were showing every single sign of being by far the best team in the West. And then you're getting a chance to play in the NBA Finals, which this is something to remember for fans moving forward. If you want to take a look at picks or predictions or whatever, take a look at teams' paths to get to the, the championship of the final because you never know who or what is going to come in the finals. And look at this right now. All I said was, look at the Nuggets' path through the West. I like it. I like it way better. They've shown that they can be the number one team in the West, which means they've beaten all these teams throughout the regular season. And it's so much easier than going through the East. And now they're gifted. And I, I will get into the, the predictions, but they're gifted an eighth seed team. Yeah. And I know this team's completely overachieving, but for the most part, they are now the complete utter favorites. And anyone else was, everyone else was picking Celtics, uh, um, Giannis and the Bucks and all this, whatever. I'm going to take Nuggets in, I'm going to say five games. Yeah, I like that a lot. I I, I think it's going to be a quick series as well. I'm, I'll take, just so I'm a little bit different, I'll take the Nuggets in six. But yeah, I think we're both in agreement that the Nuggets, they feel like the better team. They've been the better team all season long. It's not a Cinderella run in regard to they wouldn't question anything if they went down a game. They yeah. know what they're all about. They've got a lot of great depth. They've got a lot of great pieces. And... I just can't get past that they have the best player in the NBA. Like, it's not a yeah. guy that's going to be inconsistent like like Jimmy Butler. It's This guy's coming every night, probably with a triple-double, 30-point triple-double, and you've got to handle yeah. him. And then you've got to handle yeah. him when he starts just distributing. And if you've got Jamal Murray piling on 30-35, that's tough to handle, no matter who you are. It's 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 it, 32 points per game is Jamal Murray in the conference finals. That That is any other year's. Conference final player of the year. Yeah. But it wasn't because Nikola Jokic is 30 point triple double. You're right. I mean, Aaron Gordon's defense is underrated. He's probably going to defend Jimmy Butler. Like yeah. people aren't going to realize that and understand that he's that good defensively. And Michael Porter Jr. was drafted, don't quote me on this, 12th, 15th, somewhere in there. He had back issues going into that draft. He would have been a top 10 pick. Yeah. Like he's a stud. Basically, the other thing that's selling it for me, Nuggets. If Nuggets are going to win an NBA championship, and it's not this year, it's not happening for me. That's the way I also view this series. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This is their time. This is yep. the time to ring up. Go get it. Yep. All I'm right. Very, we're excited about it. Obviously, we'll break down those series in the NHL and NBA as they come at us. But let's move into the halftime show, Justin, because we have who makes more money. And I've got three for you, Justin. Go. I'm gonna and I'm gonna whip them right at you. Let's do it. Um, who makes more money, Alfonso Davies or Connor McDavid? 
Alfonso Davies or Conor McDavid. So you got that. Oh, so I'm a big Alfonso Davies fan as Canadian. Connor makes, as we know, 12. I'm going to go with Alfonso Davies because I know he's worth a ton, but is he getting paid? He's I'm only getting paid around 10 million pounds, which equals 12 million. That 12.5 by Connor McDavid is more. Connor McDavid makes more than no. Alfonso Davies. Hey, well, Alfonso Davies is going to is due for a big pay, so it's yes, coming soon. For but, sure. Wow. Who makes more money, Nikola Jokic or Christoph Porzingis? Nikola Jokic or Porzingis? Uh, Jokic. Porzingis makes more money than Nikola Jokic. Porzingis makes $33.8 million per season. Jokic makes $33 million. Lock up the man who signed Porzingis to that contract. That is the most criminal thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And it looks so bad because of what's going on. I can't even... Oh, my God. Who Who makes more money? Aaron Donald... Or Josh Allen? Ooh. I mean, oh, wow, because Aaron Donald's got to be the most. I'm going to go with Allen um, because I – did he sign – did Allen get a new contract? I'm going to I'm gonna go with Donald. I'm going to go with Donald. I'm going to say the Rams have been willing to pay all their guys. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is correct. He makes $28.5 million compared to $28 million for Josh Allen. Wow. So Allen did get the new contract, <laughs> and, he's, and, and Donald's still way up there. Oh, wow. What's the better contract there? Okay, I mean, okay, so oh, I would, I would think it's Josh Allen making twenty eight. Allen now, yeah, I yeah. guess Donald's a lot older, but all right, I got three for you. Here we go. Yep. Who gets paid more, Manny Machado or Devonte Adams? Mm. Machado. Devonte Adams gets twenty eight million. Machado's at thirty one point okay. eight million. Manny Machado. Who gets paid more, Trent Williams or Draymond Green? Trent Williams, San Francisco left tackle, maybe the best yep. in the league. Just for uh, I'm gonna go listen. Trent Williams. Trent Williams is at 23. Draymond Green's at 24.9. No. Just gets him. All right, last one. Who makes more, Aaron Gordon or Von Miller? Aaron Gordon or Von Miller? Uh oh, Von signed the big deal in Buffalo. Um, what was he making per year? I'm going to go Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's at 21.66. Vaughn's at 20. So oh, Aaron does just go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, those are good ones. I like that. Now we're Von getting Miller the hang. Get, how how, ab- how absurd, absurd is it that Porzingis makes more than Jokic? I mean, that's the NBA's got a contract problem itself because you got that that like the Washington Wizards are paying this guy like they 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 feel it's worth it. Like I know they didn't sign him to this, but like they feel like it is best for their franchise to pay this guy that much money. That's insane to uh, me. It's it's like, absolutely outrageous. What's the scenario where that's the right move? I can't understand it. Well, move on from him. Let's move into the MLB baseball world where. Things are kind of starting to sort themselves out in the American League East, and it is not favorable for the Jays. The Yankees are looking solid. I mean, they're kind of right back in the mix. They're only uh, two games back of the Rays. They're, o- or they're only two games back of the Orioles. Only six games back of the Rays, who we know are just they're thirty nine and seventeen. To be six games back of that is is no you know you're you're having a great season yeah. as well. Um, they're seven and three, and Aaron Judge just having himself a night versus the Mariners in a ten four win. 
home run robbery catch, a three at bat, one what are we a two home run game like it just an absolute. He's he's heating up, and after that slow yeah. start that he had, Justin, he's absolutely heating up. How are you? How are you feeling about this Yankees team as they're climbing back into this race? Well, it's kind of wild because they're thirty-two and twenty-three now, and after thirty games, they're below five hundred. And, and we both said though, like we weren't worried about this really. We obviously knew the talent level on them, so we weren't too worried about this being a big problem. Yeah, but we did say, Greg, that this division's done in terms of division winner. We we said that the yeah, Rays have done and locked up. <laughs> that's and not the case. It, it, so that's what I, I'm I'm saying. Like, do we see a scenario one where Yankees pass them, and two, can we see a scenario where Yankees pass them before the 100 game mark? Because we're at 55, 56 right now. Like, I could absolutely see a world where Rays come down a little bit. Obviously, that's not crazy. Like, even if they go. 500 through the next 20 games like that's obviously disappointing for them in a sense but that's not a crazy thing over 162 games so say that you go 500 all the Yankees have to do in the next 20 games is go what's the math like say they go 15 and 5 like the, the Yankees could absolutely go 15 and 5 here 100% and they'd, be up, they'd be up on them easily yeah well I think they're certainly going to catch Baltimore um yeah, but now it's just a matter if they can catch the Rays. But I think we crowned the Rays way too early. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they are still just on such a tear. I mean, they've been just incredible. Um, but I mean, like let's look at the Jays. Like, like how closer are we to writing up this Jays season? I mean, I know they're only ten games back, and but but the wild card, right? That's the thing. The wild card race is is going to be. It's going to be a. It's going to be a shit show. I mean, yeah. Right hey, now, well said. Yeah, it's going to be a shit show. Right now, we've got <laughs> the Orioles, Yankees, Astros, Red Sox, Angels, and Mariners all ahead of the Blue Jays in the wild card race. Um, I know they're only three and a half games out, but it's just they got to get things turned but, around quickly, and they and need and more you know consistency. Yeah, as we look at this, Greg, just to chime in, yeah. look at the teams. Not even more behind. Look who's in the wild card right now: the Houston Astros. Yeah, like the perennial best team in the league, and the New York Yankees, perennial best team in the league. Like, other than the or, to me, when I look at this wild card race, Orioles are the one wild card. Yankees two, three Astros. You got Red Sox, Angels, Mariners. Like you mentioned, it's everyone chasing the Orioles. And I know people might not agree with that as Orioles fans, whatever you might be, if there are any. But I think everyone's chasing the Orioles. I think Yankees and Astros absolutely will find their step. If Yankees pass the Rays, it'll be Rays come down to there. If Astros catch the Rangers, the Rangers will be sitting there because they're all four of them are elite teams. This is a race to the Orioles, whether or not the Orioles can hang on. And that leads us to our next point here. They just lost their all-star set Cedric Mullins. One of their best players. One of their best players. The reason we bring it up is because we don't know that this team is as deep as other teams in the MLB. Like if this guy's out, which they don't know how long he's going to be out. This could, thing could be nagging, running the bases in the outfields, things like that. They This could be a little bit of a lengthy one. Can they afford to lose guys like this on a roster that, I mean, I don't know many more names on this team to replace guys to, to keep them uh, uh, from the teams we just listed, chasing them down. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, the Cedric Mullins kid, freak, obviously was on the United States team when they lost to Japan at the World Baseball Classic. 
center fielder. So like you said, I mean, you know, the rehab is going to be extensive because you need this guy covering lots of turf, making grabs. And, and uh, obviously what he brings to the lineup is, is, is tough to replace. So how much of a, of a hole will Cedric, um, you know, his absence put on the uh, Orioles? Probably a big one. So, yeah, over the next few weeks, that's going to be worth monitoring uh, for sure to see how the Orioles perform without Cedric Mullins. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's all about the AL East right now for me. It uh, it really is as yeah. we're starting to kind of transition into baseball. But I mean, we look at the. I mean, the, we talk about it every episode. I mean, Bo Bichette is having such an amazing year. Chapman's having an incredible year. What the heck is Vladdy doing? Is Vladdy going to wake yeah. up and start providing here? Because I think once Vladdy wakes up and once they start getting a little consistency, this Jays team is going to start to get the engine moving. But we've been saying that now for about few for a few weeks now. Well, let's touch on it quick. So the Jays are still a winning record. Yeah, as bad as things have been, they're still three and a half games out of, of wild card. I would safely say we're almost at we're at sixty games here, and Boba Shet and Chapman haven't slowed down. So I'm saying this is a gr- they're having a year. Like I'm not saying this is a hot start. It's not anymore. I think they're having a year. Yeah. So my point here is, if Bichette and Chapman are having a year, and that is going to go the distance for them, like Vlado Vladdy gets the uh, the game turned around. Uh, we see their we see Kiermaier maybe get the back going. Um, we see the pitching figure it out. Maybe Manoa has a, they give Manoa a two, two week break, three week break yep. to kind of maybe get his head right. Maybe some conditioning stuff within the program, within the organization. And he comes back, not even have to be a Cy Young guy, but able to string together six solid innings for this team. Like I hate to say it, but like, it's hard to say that this season has gone wayward from them. If, and it's gotta be soon though. It's gotta be soon. Yeah. I just think that like, if it's not soon, that you, these teams are going to continue to play well and continue yep. to build the gap. So it's they, they've got to wake up. They've got to get things going. And you know what? When I'm there next Thursday, I plan to put on a loud show in the stands and get these guys going. Let them um, know. Let I will let them know. But uh, no, it, it just uh, just quickly before we move into uh, quarter four, which is a bit of a miscellaneous quarter here, quarter here, Justin Vegas. It sounds like that that stadium that we've been talking about on the strip. Yeah. On the oh. strip. Can you imagine Uh-oh. just buckled with a beer walking on the strip because you can walk outside with alcohol in the Venice and you just a ball comes flying out of the park. Like it's just gonna be unreal, Not, man. Um yeah, this is maybe this this okay, this immediately vaults to the number one most electric baseball stadium in the league. I mean, is ha, right? I think it's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you want to talk about rowdy fans? Like this is gonna be a show uh, um, in terms of the, and the fans who are gonna be going there. And I assume it's gonna be a lot of uh, bachelor parties. Yep. Um, a lot of guys trips, and they are gonna be just like Greg at any any uh, uh, sport event he goes to, and they're gonna be loud and rowdy, which is awesome for baseball, awesome for Vegas. Here's the question: If they move, if they relocate the A's. What percent chance are we putting on a new name? It's not going to be Las Vegas Athletics, right? No. That's one yeah, of the 100%. worst names in sports. I agree. The Athletics? I agree. Yeah, what? Are, <laughs> well, the, Ra- the Raiders kept it. That's the only reason true, I True, very true. The Raiders is just more, more iconic. I feel as if that fan base is just, that they're like molded into the Raiders. And, and it also just it's like, a sick, sounds, it's a sick team. The, the Las Vegas Raiders sounds like that's been a thing for like a hundred yeah. years. It sounds yeah. like, a, I mean, they got to change something. So what's the name? Like, uh, what's the name that you like? I'm thinking Las Vegas Aces. It, I mean, Aces is the whole old-fashioned pitch, like the pitcher, like the, the ace pitcher, and True. then also the table, like the ace. Oh, you know what I mean? uh, 
That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. What do you think? Anything comes to mind? I don't mind? mind that. No, I don't mind that at all. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of I kind of like the Aces, the Las Vegas yeah. Aces. Um, you know, the Las Vegas Vipers. That's not bad either. Go some the Vipers. animal route. Yeah, because yeah. they're Vipers in the desert. That's mean. That's mean. The Vipers. Too. Yeah, I like the Vipers. That could be good. That's a good. Hey, I hope they do something like that. Don't do something too mild. No, exactly. Gold, honestly, Golden Knights, they were talking about a lot of like casino spinoff names for the, the NHL team. Then the NHL team kind of ruled against it. They're like, we don't really want that connection to a degree. Yeah. I think they nailed it with the Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. That's a sick name now. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why they, they had to throw in the golden. The yeah, I don't. Yeah, the Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Knights. Knights. Not too bad either. Yeah, some people were saying it was going to be the Black Knights or the Black Aces. So Black Aces is a term that's like the um, the, the healthy scratches, right? Yeah. So yeah. they thought they were going to go with that, but they went completely different. Golden Knights, but again, it's working on. Yeah, you're. I didn't even think of that, but why the golden? That's a very good point. Yeah. But, anyway, hey, um. Let's move into quarter four here. Just briefly, we've got some golf to talk about. Obviously, the Charles Schwab Challenge is in the past. Emiliano Grillo, the Argentinian, uh, just a veteran on tour. He won, and uh, he bogeyed the last, too. It was kind of sketchy. He drove, his, uh, drove it into yeah. the water, and it was like, <laughs> dude, what are you doing, man? Five minutes. Oh, I know, just went down, down the street. Five minutes. Unbelievable. But, I mean, like, you've got a two-shot lead going on 18. Isn't it like, yeah. here's the three-iron or here's the three-wood and get this thing in play? Now let's banana a driver into the water. <laughs> Well, who did we see? We saw Matthew Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open last year. Didn't wasn't that the debate? He went yeah. driver all tourney, but they're like, he's got to lay up. Went bunker. Worked out for him. Worked out for Grillo. that bunker shot that, that he hit was insane. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, Grillo. So again, I don't know if everyone saw it. So Grillo hit a driver that was like into this like sewer runoff kind of like. It wasn't a creek. A stream like, almost. A, yeah. It looked like it, yeah. It looked like it yeah. was not natural. Like it looked like it no, was just it was, like from a storm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And. The ball ran for five minutes, and yeah. the ruling was he can't get a beneficial spot from it, like where it ends. But like, so I guess after like three minutes, they go no matter where it stops, you're getting the ball back here. So, the, anyways, double which is bullshit, hit. by the way. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's natural, like that's the other thing is, um, if it's like a pond, he's getting a drop. So why is it now if he could play it out of this thing that they had there? Yeah. Imagine imagine he hits this thing in and it's like green side where it stops. That would just be the most yeah. electric. Like what would you aim? You try to if you're down four strokes, would you aim for that to try yes. to make it easy? Yes. Or if you like bounce it down the car path or something, like you play it where it lies. Like what's the difference between taking a little stream going down the course? <laughs> anyway. And then while we're on it, while we're on funny but uh, um, I don't know if uh what tournament it was this weekend. Maybe it was a female tour. A ball gets hit out of play and a fan just picked it up. This lady was walking by. She hit a tree and fell right beside her. And she just picked this ball up and walked off with it. Again, it was a sidebar. We had a couple of interesting things happen, obviously on the golf course, but yeah, Grillo got got done. But uh, we saw a little bit of a, Lone lead there from, from the 25-year-old Englishman. Yes, he we was up did. Harry Hall with the old school hat rolling around. He looks like he's about 6'8". He had a little muzzy action on the go, too. And, yep, he absolutely threw it down the throat and choked on it. But that's all right, man. It's uh, it, it's all right, man. I think that that guy's going to yeah. – he's got a promising career. He's only 25, like you said. But Harry Hall leading, leading toe-to-toe and then just absolutely yeah. crumbling. But it is worth mentioning, he made the the turn. Like, halfway through the tournament, he was at minus 12. The winner ended up being minus, uh, minus 8. So, you know, obviously Colonial yeah. was playing tough over the weekend. Uh, but I've got to read you one more thing here before we move forward. Yep. Scotty Scheffler. Oh, dude. 
Listen to this. Ready? The chef. Tied for third in this event. Yep. Tied for second at PGA Championship. Yep. Tied for fifth at AT&T. Tied for 11th at the RBC. Tied for 10th at the Masters. Won the players. Tied for fourth at the Arnold Palmer. Tied for 12th at the Genesis. Won the Phoenix Open. Tied 11. Tied 7. Second place. Tie nine, tie three, tie forty-five. He's come outside top twelve in one event this year. One event this year. Yeah, it's, he's, it's pretty oh special. My. Pretty special. Nuclear. What a year! This guy's unbelievable. Oh, he's incredible. He's uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's one of those guys. We talk about it every time. The Rom, the, the Scheffler, the Rory, and yeah. I, I don't. I don't even know if we can consider Rory in that group anymore. It's pretty much Rom and Scheffler. What? Let's go into this quickly again. Just touch on it. Shuffler's winning a major this year, no? Yeah, he's got two more opportunities. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, was I he right know. there at the Open? I mean, the U.S. Open's obviously going to be very difficult. He should be there, uh, but I expect Rom to be there. I expect Cam Smith. I expect Kapka to be right there as well. Um, he's yeah, certainly, yeah, we'll he certainly he certainly should be in the mix. Sure, and and you know he's he's always a good bet. Um, I mean, you want to like you got people like picking hot golfers and guys with the hot stick. I don't. You can't get hotter than him right now. True. It's insane. It's incredible. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Yeah, this week, the Memorial Golf Tournament. It's uh, Jack Nicklaus' tournament held at uh, Muirfield Village. Obviously a very celebrated tournament. Uh, John Rahm's won this back-to-back years. Patrick Hantley's played very well here. Uh, It's an elevated event. So all of the big stars will be here at the PGA Tour this week. It's an exciting one. Um, I'm looking at Cam Young. Uh, He's my one pick that I'll give out on the podcast. I'm looking at Cam Young. I mean, obviously we haven't seen him play overly well this season, but he's due for his win. We know what he brings to the table in regard to driving and ball striking. He's just, he just needs everything to go right for a week. And I think he gets in the winner's circle. I like Cam Young at plus 3,300 this week. Who you liking, Justin? If you just, obviously we'll give out six best bets on social media tomorrow, but uh, just, you know, kind of briefly, if you're looking at the field, do you like a guy that's popping out to you? Yeah, honestly, this is a tougher one to look at. Um, I don't, I was going to, I'm thinking Hovland, but I don't, I feel like he faded off of that major run he had. Um, Sanjay M hasn't been great, but I, I still think he's due for a big win. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I might go older guy. I might go more experienced, which um, uh, at these elevated events that aren't majors, I kind of like to go younger guy to kind of be an opportunity for them to break onto the scene yep. that I've been knocking on the door. I think this might be an older guy. You know who I really... <laughs> Hey, dude, I don't want to even say it, but I'm thinking Rory, man. Okay. I'm thinking Rory. Yeah, yeah. Elevated event. He's been great. And I think this, we're knocking on the door of the Canadian Open. And he, this is when he's played good. This time of year, he's played good in the past. And Looking for three in a row. Looking for three in a row next week at the Canadian Open. Ma- but even just like coming off the majors and stuff, like he kind of has that that pressure now off back to just playing golf. And yep. I think Rory has a good shot at it. But we'll see. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. And let's not be mistaken. He only lost that that uh, PGA Championship by seven. I mean... That's what's playing yeah, great golf. He still. is yeah, playing 100%. really good. Um, no, man. It's uh, it, it's going to be compelling for sure. Uh, there's some other little notes in, in here, Justin, but I'm feeling pretty good about the episode. Yeah. I've got... You wanna, eh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it's going to be a long roadie. We're going to be checking in every once in a while. Yep. We've got an episode coming uh, later on in the weekend, early next week, so... Um, can I, I want to close the the listeners out with, I got to ask you one question, golf question. And we'll close it out on this. Fire it up. Who's going to win. I saw this today. Who's going to win the most majors by the time they all retire. Ready? Yep. Brooks Kepka. He's at five. Yep. Rory is at four. Yep. Spieth is at three. Morikawa is at two. JT's at two. DJ's at two. 
Rams at two or Scheffler, who's at one, the Masters. Wow. You know what? The elites. <sighs> who's going to win the most? Uh, give me John Rahm. Give me John, John Ram. Ram. Yep. So he chases down Brooks and passes him. So that that's four more for Ram. Yep. Give me John Ram. I like John. Uh, I like this guy. I think he's got uh, when he gets it going. He's hard guy to beat. Um, and uh, and it's not like he's running any injuries. He, he doesn't look like he really cares yeah. about that diet stuff in regard to. He's kind of a heavier yeah. set guy, and I think he owns it. So playing golf. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm agree with you with the Ram. Yeah. Who do you like of that? The only other one I'm going to go is is Rory. Yeah, Rory too. He was the guy I, I was looking Rory at. Two, I can see Rory getting two more and being at six, and I think six could could be the most of that group. I really can. Yep. Absolutely. What a career would six be? So that's no slouch, but be insane. Listen, everybody, go check in on the social medias. Go uh, go follow along. Five star the episode. We'll catch you guys later on in the week. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.